Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Welcome to this glorious mess, little kids. Mamma Mia's podcast for parents who have kids under the age of five. My name is Tegan Natoli, and I have three kids under the age of five. Sorry, I'm yawning. Oh, sorry. Is it that boring for you? Am I keeping you awake? Did you have a big weekend? No, but I have one kid under the age of five. Who's keeping you awake? Exactly. I'm Lee Campbell, executive editor and parent Alexander, who did not sleep last night. This is the only podcast you're actually allowed to yawn into the microphone. And everyone's like, oh, I get it. I get it. You actually probably made all of our listeners yawn at the same time. I was trying to step back from the mic. But anyway, that's who I am and that's why I'm so tired. (laughs) Well, don't forget, we also have the original TGM Big Kids hosted by Holly Wayne and Andrew Datto, and you can find that in the same feed as you find us dropping every Friday. But I'm very excited for today's episode, Lee. I feel like this is your episode. It's yes. all about music. Yes. All you want to do is sing on this podcast. Well, and all you want to do is shut me up. So <laughs> I will allow. This singing is probably your episode from hell. This episode only. <laughs> oh no, I'm excited about this because I know okay, nothing great. about music except that I have to stop playing rap music in the car because my son's <laughs> going to pick it up. So I'm about to learn a whole lot. He's going to end up being a gangster. But today we are looking at the benefits of music for babies and infants and then of course we also have our WTF of the week aka rant of the week (laughs) we'll see okay Teagues I am actually dying for this because you know (laughs) as I like to learn and plan but I know nothing about music I'm the least like world's least musical person ever born (laughs) I remember when everyone got picked for choir at school I was the only one that didn't get picked oh so you'd audition well, they you had to. So you had to stand up in class and sing and the music teacher would go listen near your head and then she would tap you if you made it. And I was the only one that did make it. Oh, stop, Lee. But did but, you care? Yes, I was devastated. Oh. I thought I was Lauren Hill at the time. But I personally love music. I love the way it can make you feel. Like, you know, when you listen to Depresso music for like four hours and then you want to yes. just jump off a cliff? Like, is it the same for kids? Like, does it evoke their emotions? Yes. I, don't, I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know well, anything. Well, this is why I... I've always been so interested. So I was a singing teacher before kids for 13 years. So this is why I can't wait to speak to our guest because she actually has like the neurological science and facts behind it. But obviously teaching kids for so long, every single time I would teach, especially a young child, it would still absolutely like flabbergast me at how this child can't read or write but you can sing a whole song from beginning to end and every single lyric. Yes, that's or, such a good point. You watch little tiny toddlers reciting all of Elsa. Yeah. But like, they can't even write their name. Exactly. And a lot of times I'd get children with learning difficulties and things like that. And it would be one thing that they are just so confident at and they have no inhibitions when they're young and they have no issue with, you know, learning a song or hearing the melody and moving. I think mm. when they're that young and you'll notice like when little babies who can't even walk or even if it's not a visual music like it's literally just coming through speakers they know to move their body yeah they're like, along. how do they know 
know to do that. I just find that the neurological science behind music and how it resonates with children is so, so interesting and I know nothing about it Mm. and I want to know everything about it. I want to know when Alexander's losing it in the car and I put Baby Shark on. Why does it stop him crying? Well, then I think it's time we get our expert on because we've, we've got a lot of questions. <laughs> Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move. And we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. So our guest today is Dr. Anita Collins, and she's an award-winning music teacher and researcher in brain development and music learning. Dr. Collins is also a conductor at Canberra Grammar School and an Associate Fellow of Music, Mind and Wellbeing at the University of Melbourne. She wrote one of the most watched TED education films ever made and appeared on the ABC TV series Don't Stop the Music. Welcome to the show, Dr. Collins. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into this field? So I am a music teacher. I just wanted to learn more. So I did uh, some master's studies, but the place where I really got interested in neuromusical research was in my PhD. I was given a bit of advice and they said, find a topic that you're going to love as much at the end as you did at the beginning. So I searched and searched and searched. I know, great advice. And it's true. I love it now more than I did back when I was choosing it in about 2009. And so what's a, a normal day look like to you? It's really funny. When I go to make like a hair appointment, go and say, so how's a Wednesday look for you? It's like pick a Wednesday. Because they're all, <laughs> Every day they're is all, different. Yeah, yeah. They're all really, really different. And it's constantly about figuring out how to help everybody who would like to know about this field to be able to access it in a way that really, really resonates with them and a way that they can continue to learn more about it. And that's just my goal every single day is to figure out how can I share this research in a way that people will be excited, as excited as I am about it. So share some of that research with us. We know that music is so beneficial for children and particularly Mm. under the age of seven. Why is that? Music itself, so either music listening or music learning, has been used as a tool to understand how the brain grows, how it develops. That's not a simple path. Every child develops differently because they are all different, but they also have different influences as well. So using music as a tool, they kind of went along this idea that we have this sensitivity period before the age of seven. And it's that whole old adage about give me a child till they're seven and I'll show you the man. And and it's this first opportunity for the brain to really get stuck into learning. Interesting, recently they've kind of gone, oh, it's a bit more complex than that. And it's funny, every time I read this research, that's the answer. It's a bit more complex than we thought. (laughs) We want a single answer. And I constantly hear myself saying, well, it's actually a bit of this and a bit of that. So the main benefits sort of in that first period of brain growth and development when it's really just sucking up everything it possibly can is mainly about language. That's the first one for me that I really found fascinating is how on earth does music help language? But actually music in some ways to our brain is our very first language and we build our spoken language on top of our musical language. I read the research and I kind of then go out into the world every single day and watch. I watch children and go, what's happening inside your brain? And 
One of the most interesting ones are little kids who are bopping away to music they might be hearing in a restaurant or a supermarket. And we think it's cute, but actually it is cute. But it also is they're using music to teach their body how to move with intention and how to synchronize. And that, when I watch a little child, is like, wow, so much is going on in their brain right now. And it's because they're reacting to music. So it kind of permeates every part of that sort of developmental process before the age of seven. And that's what I'm excited about is to start sharing that so early childhood educators can really amp up the way that they use music for every child to help them develop. Yeah, that is so fascinating. We were actually just chatting before about how I thought it was so incredible that kids who can't necessarily walk or or talk, but they'll move to music, you know, Mm. subconsciously. And I want to know what's going in their head also. So you actually know what's going on in their head. Yeah. (laughs) But what about for those parents that aren't very musical? Me. What about me? me. How can they get involved? What's some tools or some little activities that they can do with their young ones? The one thing this research has taught me is almost everyone, and I'm talking a very tiny percent of the population who aren't, but everyone is born musical. And we know that because in order to learn a language, we actually have to already have our music processing network at birth. Mm. So we all are musical. We have these ideas on top of us of what musical and what a musician looks like. And that's also (laughs) part of what I'm trying to break down is like, Everyone is musical. And the thing I love to say to parents is you're your baby's favourite rock star. You have the best voice they've ever heard because what's wrapped up in that is caring and love and safety and familiarity and all those sorts of things. And that's wrapped up all in your voice. So they love your voice. So rock it out. Just sing sing anything you want to. It doesn't matter what you do. So is it about that? Is it about singing with your toddler, singing along to nursery rhymes? Like what kind of music are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's singing along with and singing to, and they're two different kinds of activities. There's no, you know, better or worse kind of music. It's actually about the qualities of your singing. Like if you sing really loud, you'll see babies and and young toddlers they'll put their hands over their ears and part of that isn't they're saying your singing's bad they're actually protecting their ears because they're super sensitive at that age and they're they're actually their their largest information gathering sense of it so you to turn it down (laughs) yeah yeah it's like just sing if it turns and what's funny often a lot of kids say i don't like your singing especially when they're sort of four or five. But I thought singing was what they love. But what it is is when we sing, our voice is quite different to when we speak. Mm. And at about the age of four or five, they're actually they're actually separating those two things out. What's a speaking voice and what's a singing voice? Right. And the fact that the singing voice sounds so different, it's coming out of your mouth, I go, oh, I don't like that because it's not you. what it's my not mommy or daddy me who you are. Yeah. That's yeah. So, so it's not, we've overlaid a whole bunch of value and ideas on top of our singing, whereas actually it's it's one of the most primal things that we do with children. I'm just trying to think of a busy mum or, or dad, you know, maybe you're driving to the shops. Is there like sing-alongs in you can the do bar? in the car, in I the bar? Yeah. In the bar. yeah, but it's, it's kind of like anything. You can sing the grocery list. Mm. It's like, what do we need to get today? What do we need to get today? And they can sing back to you and go, I need some bread. I need to be, and you can make it a little game, but that's singing. That's that's yeah. all it is. So the singing is one half, and then the other half, I would say, is beat keeping, and that just means it's literally it's clapping along yeah. <laughs> to music. So outward action of clapping and keeping in time with music 
is a Herculean event in a baby's head and a toddler's head because to do that, they have to hear the sound. They have to talk to their body in a meaningful way which keeps them doing something consistent. If we know anything about toddlers, they can't do anything consistently. <laughs> so they're keeping a consistent beat. They're reacting to what they're seeing as well as what they're hearing. And then if the beat changes or it stops, they have to react to that too. Mm. So again, while we think it's cute and lovely, which it absolutely is, I now look at a toddler clapping and go, oh, my God, your brain is on fire right now. It's going crazy. And it's one of the very most important steps we also know to kids being pre-literate, which means that their brain is ready and connected enough to then start the process of reading. So, so it's super important. And so getting things out like pots and pans or little egg shakers and things like that, are they yeah. all part of keeping the beat as well? Yep, anything's a musical instrument. Doesn't matter what it is, you can Rice bang on pots and pans. Container. Yep, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anything that you want. So how how is it that some music I've observed in my own son, who's fourteen months old, mostly Baby mm. Shark, but how is it that <laughs> some music just soothes them or stops them crying, or is there science behind the you know the notes? Or you can tell I don't know much about music, but <laughs> is music that powerful? Yeah, it is. So lullabies, if we talk about them musically, they usually have a slower tempo in a slower speed. The range of our voice is usually quite narrow, meaning we don't sing really, really high, really low. We keep our voice sort of all the same. There's a lot of repetition in it. We usually sing it at a soft dynamic, which is a soft volume. You know, but we could do that with the Tats Lotto numbers. It doesn't matter <laughs> what the content is. It matters how we sing it. So. Yeah. And yeah, there's a it's calming. So for them. you can sing your gangster yeah. rap, Lee. You just oh, got to sing it in lullaby yeah, form. Totally. Fantastic. <laughs> and the other thing I found fascinating is I'm a classically trained musician, so I went, oh, of course, it's classical music's better. And then we tried it with our little one, and she listened to classical music, and she, you know, she'd pop off to sleep. And then my husband went, well, well let's try some hilltop hoods, and then she just popped off to sleep. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, so just it's music. not. Yeah. It's just music, and we've got to remember they've come from a really noisy place when they've been inside mm. the belly, so they like having patterns. They like having. A bit of different sound. sorts of sounds yeah and I think what I, I'd love to see is parents not just going what's the right and wrong music but let's play this type of music and then watch our own child and see how they react yes. and then and what's fascinating is then doing it across subsequent sort of siblings and going wow the second child loves this but the first child hated that that so, was actually one of my questions can you as a parent your taste in music you know, impact your child's taste of music? Because I blame my mum for my Mariah obsession because <laughs> she always had Mariah, like vision of love on as I was growing yeah. up. But, yeah. you know, Lee said that she just wanted to stop, she needed to stop playing her gangster rap in the car. But I don't think that Bug's going to turn out being a gangster rapper because you're playing that. Well, I don't no. know. I feel like She's I, I thought up until this episode that I had to play nursery rhymes, but now I get it. It's like a lot of the parents come to me and say, I cannot stand listening to the Wiggles one more time in the car. It's dry, It's like... If I have to do the propeller one more time. (laughs) (laughs) For me, what it is, is just like our bodies need a variety of food, our ears need a variety of music. Mm. So if we think about it, music is food for the brain. My my poor little one, she became my experiment. But we used to like say, okay, which station do you want to listen to today? And she kind of described the music. She said, I want something soft and I want something slow. And then she'd say, no, I want something fast and I want something I can I can bop my head to and we'd find something different. So now she can hear different elements in music mm-hmm. and go, I want to feel this way. So therefore I need this kind of 
music, which sound. is food for yeah. the brain. Yeah, sound. So it's just giving them language and they should see us loving music, but we don't have to love the same thing. It's just about variety. Just like food, it's just about variety. That makes me and feel it's so always much imprinted in them. So they're always going to love what they're going to love regardless. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. And then we have memories connected with music too. It's probably one of our strongest memory triggers. Mm. So anytime I hear a Queen song, I remember my dad because that's where I first yeah, heard it and we just that. played it yeah, over and over again. Well, beautiful. Well, I think you've given me permission to sing for the rest of the episode. Lee's not going to tell <laughs> me to shut up. But thank you so much for all of your insight today. It was really interesting. No thank you. Chat to you soon. Thank you. Bye. What the? What the? What the? What the? What the? Parenting? Oof. So I'm going to sing it because it's the episode. Okay. I'm allowed to sing WT. <laughs> Ugh, my eyes just rolled back in And my every head. child just blocked their ears. <laughs> yeah. Mummy, <laughs> so, that too high on the radio. Too loud. Get it off. Now, can you go first, please? <laughs> I know we've talked about baby brain before and how baby brain never goes, mm. but I have a wonderful, like, long-term memory. I can tell you what I did when I was six and tell you about a holiday I went on when I was 10. If Jason asked me to get milk on the way home, I 100% forget every single time. But you know what was on the news the other day? It's like a new research and I'm thinking, well, duh, anyway. But the new research (laughs) saw that a lack of sleep creates memory loss. Well, again, duh. But Jason hit me. He goes, that's why you always forget everything. And I'm like, Yes, because I'm always have interrupted sleeps because of the kids. Um, one it's always one or the other. Yeah. But I'm or like, the other because I even shock myself at how bad my memory is. Like just short term memory. Oh my god, you and my husband. I'll go. Can you go down to the garage and get that? And he'll go down to the garage, come back with something else. I'm like, where's the chair? And he's like, oh. Like it's just continuously dumb stuff and I frustrate myself so much. I feel like I'm a person that's slowly deteriorating with dementia. Like, and I don't, <laughs> I don't even mean that in a funny way. No, like, I know what you mean. I you was, start to worry about I you. I start getting concerned. I'm like, I think I might actually have a like a problem. You need to do Sudoku or crosswords at night. It's good for your memory. Oh, I'd fall asleep within two seconds. <laughs> well, there you go. Then I you're going to get some sleep. Sleep's better. What's yours? Mine is WTF, is there something wrong with my child? He only has three teeth on the bottom. Like there's no sign of the fourth one, but all the others are coming. Like could he possibly be born without that fourth? What, do you think that they all come at the same time equally? No, but they're coming out of order. Of course I know the order. I Googled it. Oh, wow. So he's got like, he's got the top four and then bottom three and now the side, like the hectic side ones are happening. The the eye teeth. Yeah, Yeah. the bad ones. But it's like the fourth little Mm. bottom one forgot to pop out. It might come later. It might just be missing. It's the, real cute. Three's like a weird, <laughs> it's such a like lopsided smile. But I'm almost like, do I have to go to the paediatrician about no, this? No, you he go to the paediatrician. <laughs> like you'd be like, oh, he did a wee. The paediatrician <laughs> loves me. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I know. We're deep in the proper teething now. Oh. The front teeth are nothing. No, like you the, wait for the molars and the eye the teeth. They're like hell from on the poos from the teething, earth. the drool from the teething. The twins actually grew mirror image teeth. So like Indy would grow all the right and Sammy would grow all the left. It oh was so gosh. bizarre because they are identical. Yeah, so maybe it's like that's their embryo split yes. yeah, down the middle of their teeth. 
Is that, we need to find out if that's a thing. Well, they've all grown back now, except for Samara, who, if you follow my Instagram, you yes. know that she's missing her front tooth. She lost her tooth. <laughs> we won't go there. And you can share with us your WTF moment of the week on the pod phone, 02899-9386. And don't forget to jump into our Mamma Mia Parents Facebook group. And you can always email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au. This glorious mess is brought to you by Mamma Mia. And this episode is produced by Paria Tahirzadeh and Zoe Ferguson. See you next week. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.